0: Good morning, and peace be with you. We have some announcements here this morning. Um, the biggest one is we have a, a new video man here. My son David is uh, going to be videoing uh, parts of this uh, uh, service in order for us to upload it to YouTube and be able to send the links to people that are not able to come um, so they can participate uh, in it and see you know, how it goes. Now, I became aware that um, some people don't want to be on camera, and you don't have to worry about that, because you won't be, even during communion. So uh, he, we have a default, which is, when in doubt, point it to the cross. That's uh, rather theologically sound, don't you think? And so that's what will happen uh, throughout the service. So thank you, David, for doing that. And uh, uh, we have Nick participating with us again today, blessing us with his music. Thank you, Nick. And uh, I see lots of masks on there. Thank you for doing that. And, uh, and uh, the temperature taking and all that good stuff, that is going to last until we're given permission to... Uh, to change things. So um, I just realized that I didn't grab a set of gloves uh, for the communion. I will run over there and do it during the service at some point in time so I can hand out communion uh, to you with, with that. So with that, let us stand and let us, uh, are, you, are you offering me gloves? Medi- well, I only need one. Yeah, that'll work. You can look at you <laughs> you're you're leaking <laughs> That'll be fine. We'll make it work. All right. Magnify your holy name through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Like but if we confess our sins,
1: God who is faithful and just; will forgive our.
0: Let us confess our sins to God our Father, most merciful. The love of God and the communion of the saints be with you all. And let us pray. Well, I'm having a hard time this morning keeping it all together. Please forgive me. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above And for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. This is the feast of victory for our God. Hallelujah. us pray. Almighty God, by the working of your Holy Spirit, grant that we may gladly hear your word proclaimed among us and follow its directing through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever, amen. You may be seated. Good morning.
2: Good morning. I'm channeling my best Ken Keen today. (laughs) The first reading is from the book of Jeremiah, chapter 28, verses 5 through 9, and can be found on page 1220 in the Pew Bible so jeremiah is also called the weeping prophet and was one of the major prophets of the old testament jeremiah authored the books of jeremiah kings and lamentations here jeremiah is addressing hananiah who is a false prophet jeremiah 28 5-9 then the prophet jeremiah replied to the prophet hananiah before the priests and all the people who were standing in the house of the lord he said amen may the lord do so May the Lord fulfill the words you have prophesied by bringing the articles of the Lord's house and all the exiles back to this place from Babylon. Nevertheless, listen to what I have to say in your hearing and in the hearing of all the people. From early times, the prophets who preceded you and me have prophesied war, disaster, and plague against many countries and great kingdoms. But the prophet who prophesies peace will be recognized as the one truly sent by the lord only if his prediction comes true our next reading is psalm 119 verses 153 through 160 and is found in your bulletin psalm 119 153 through 160 Look at my suffering, and deliver me, for I have not forgotten your law. Salvation is far from the wicked, for they do not seek out your decrees. Many are the foes who persecute me, but I have not turned from your statutes. See how I love your precepts. Preserve my life, Lord, in accordance with your love. The epistle this morning is from the book of Romans, chapter 7, verses 1 through 13, and can be found on page 1755 in the Pew Bible. The book of Romans was uh, composed by Paul the Apostle to explain the salvation that is offered through the gospel of Jesus Christ. Romans seven, one through 13. Do you not know brothers and sisters, for I am speaking to those who know the law, that the law has authority over someone only as long as that person lives. For example, by law, a married woman is bound to her husband as long as he is alive. But if her husband dies, she is released from the law that binds her to him. So then, if she has sexual relations with another man while her husband is still alive, she is called an adulteress. But if her husband dies, she is released from that law and is not an adulteress if she marries another man. So, my brothers and sisters, you also died to the law through the body of Christ, that ye might belong to another, to him who was raised from the dead, in order that we may bear fruit for God. For when we were in the realm of the flesh, the sinful passions aroused by the law were at work at us, so that we bore fruit for death. But now, by dying to what's once bound us, we've been released from that law, so we serve in the new way of the spirit, and not in the old way of the written code. What shall we say then? Is the law sinful? Certainly not. Nevertheless, I would not have known what sin was had it not been for the law. For I would not have known what coveting really was if the law had not said, you shall not covet. But sin seized the opportunity afforded by the commandment, producing me every kind of coveting. For apart from the law, sin was dead. Once I was alive apart from the law, but when the commandment came, sin sprang to life and I died. I found that why, I found that the very commandment that was intended to bring life actually brought death. For sin, seizing the opportunity afforded by the commandment, deceived me and through the commandment put me to death. So then the law is holy and the commandment is holy, righteous, and good." Did that which is good then become death to me? By no means. Nevertheless, in order that sin might be recognized as sin, it used what is good to bring about my death so that through the commandment, sin might become utterly sinful. Here ends the reading. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
0: Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 10th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Our Gospel reading is from St. Matthew, chapter 10, verses 34 through 42, and can be found in your pew Bible on page 1512. Do not suppose that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to turn a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. A man's enemies will be the members the members of his own household. Anyone who loves their father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And anyone who loves their son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Whoever does not take up their cross and follow me is not Worthy of me. Whoever finds their life will lose it, and whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. Anyone who welcomes you welcomes me, and anyone who welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. Whoever welcomes a prophet as a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. And whoever welcomes a righteous person as a righteous person will receive a righteous person's reward. And if anyone gives even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones who is my disciple, truly, I tell you that that person will certainly not lose their reward. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. A couple of prayers at the very beginning of this this morning. Will you pray with me now? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our Redeemer. Amen. The peace of God that passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen. Sorry, John. This was never about you. And he knew it. As John himself said, John the Baptist, by the way, he must increase, but I must decrease, John 3.30. And guess what? It isn't about your pastor either. It isn't about church musicians. It isn't even about you. Every divine service, every divine service is about Jesus. Every divine service is about his obedience, about his crucifixion and his resurrection for the salvation of mankind. Every divine service is about his forgiveness and salvation given to you through water Through word and wine and bread. In the name of Jesus, amen. Your worthiness before God. Our gospel reading this morning, Matthew 10, 34 through 42. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The gospel reading for this morning from Matthew 10 is really a commentary on the first commandment. Stay with me. But from the top of Mount Sinai, God said, You shall have no other gods, little g's, Before me. And Martin Luther gave us a concise explanation of what it means to have no other gods. He says, We should fear, we should love, and trust in God above all things. And in Matthew's gospel, Jesus takes up that very subject of the first commandment by making a very specific application of it in regards to familial, to family relationships. And what does it mean to have no other gods when you examine your priorities and your love for others? Have you thought about that? What it means to have little g gods in your life? Well, Jesus says this, whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. And he also says that divisions, divisions, even animosity may arise in the home because of him. I have come, he says, to set a man against his father, and a daughter against her mother, and a daughter in law against her mother-in-law. Now I've okay, no jokes. He says further, and a person's enemies, a person's enemies will be within his own household. Well, thanks for cheering us up there, Pastor. Well, there's more. So where do we begin as we consider what Jesus says to us this morning? Where do we go? Maybe you're saying, boy, I wonder how he's going to pull this one out. Stand by. How are we to understand Jesus' rather harsh statements? And, more importantly, how are we to apply his statements, his truth, to our own lives? Well, let me begin with this. It appears to me that when God gave his commandments, all ten of them, including this one, we are to have no other gods before him, he actually meant it. You get that feeling too? And I suspect that idolatry, the love of someone or something more than God is a sin that we don't tend to worry about too much. Perhaps we think of idolatry as a, a practice or a sin steeped in ancient pagan rituals. The setting up of a carved image or a statue. I don't have any of those in my house. Do you? I sure don't pay homage to it if I did. So I must not have any idols, right? Wrong. Perhaps we never thought ourselves idolatrous because we can't think of a time when we didn't believe in God and in His Son, Jesus Christ. But in reality, idolatry is simply holding someone or something in life as greater than or more important than God is to us. And it's a matter of priorities and commitments. And the truth is, idols do come in all sorts of shapes and all sorts of forms. Money, success, adoration, respect, Our love for our spouse or for our children. Mind you this, it is not that we shouldn't love some or these such things. Actually, a part of love is cherishing something and respecting it, even honoring it. So to receive as from God's hand and to love the things of this life is good. And it is right. We should love our families, our children, our wives, our neighbors. But our love for the blessings, our love for the gifts we enjoy cannot exceed our love for the one who gives them. Ah. The one who gives them. If we end up worshiping the creation, Mother Earth, ain't no such thing. If we end up worshiping the creation rather than the creator, Jesus says this, we are not worthy of him. And this, I think, is where these words of Jesus cause us the most difficulty. We know We're supposed to love God above all things. I'm sure that didn't come as a surprise. We know, too, that we often fail to do so. But here, in this reading this morning, Jesus is telling us that if that is the case, if you've ever in your life loved someone more than him, you're not worthy. You're not worthy of him. And those are... Difficult words to hear. Perhaps you already wrestle with feelings of unworthiness. And thanks for adding some more there, Pastor. Stay with me. Perhaps you wrestle with these feelings of inadequacy in your life. Maybe you learned through signals that you gleaned over the years that you are just flat out not good enough and that you don't measure up to whatever arbitrary standard someone else set for you. Maybe you felt the sting of rejection or the contempt of those who considered themselves better than you. Maybe you wrestled through the loneliness and discouragement of being isolated. Anyone feeling that now? Maybe you have wrestled through the loneliness and discouragement of being shunned, or perhaps even abandoned. And now, as if all of that weren't bad enough You turn to God's word. I turn to God's word and I read out his authoritative and inspired word and Jesus says to you if you loved your parents or your children more than me you aren't worthy of me either. Does that sting? Frankly these words of Jesus are about as harsh as the law gets. They're as harsh and as bad as it gets. You look to Jesus for acceptance, don't you? To be received with open arms and a loving smile. But when you turn to him, he says to you, you are not worthy of me. And what is... What does he hope to accomplish by turning you away with such harsh words? Well, as is always the case, Jesus says what he does. And it's not to drive you to despair or even to drive you away. Rather, it is for this purpose. He speaks harshly to you to knock out from under you whatever false hope or whatever false security you are relying on in terms of your relationship with Him. Knocking us off of our high horse. And you might find Hope, this is why he does it, that you might find hope not in yourself but in him, in his grace and his mercy. Jesus, after all, is the solid foundation on which your faith is built. All other ground, we know. Scripture tells us all other ground is shifting sands. And so this morning, if I were to ask you to see yourself as worthy of Jesus, if you see yourself as worthy to Jesus, move over to the pews over there on this side, on the lectern side, if you feel you're worthy of Jesus. And I would hope that all of you who are currently sitting in this section would scramble to get to the pews on that side with the unworthies. And that those of you who are already sitting here on this side of the pulpit would be content to remain where you are. That's so unfair of me. I couldn't, couldn't resist it. Here's the point. None of you, none of us, not me, not you, are worthy of Jesus. We're not worthy of his love. We're not worthy of his mercy or of his forgiveness or of his grace. None of you deserve to be accepted and loved by God. When's it going to get better? Are you asking that? Well, here's the point again, and yet here you are. Here you are, the redeemed of God, gathered in his house, receiving fully his gifts of grace and of forgiveness. Your God's acceptance of you is a fundamental to the gospel itself. God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. That's what the apostle said. You have been baptized. You have been baptized into Christ, Jesus. And as such, your Father says to you today, even as He does every day the same thing that He said about His Son, His beloved Son, as He came up out of the water and the Spirit lit upon Him like a dove. The Father said, in you, I am well pleased. He's saying that about you right now. And His acceptance of you is not because you have completely and perfectly kept his commands. Or because you are worthy of his favor. To the contrary, you and me, we haven't done what he tells us to do. We just haven't. But Jesus has. It is he who has loved the Father more than any other. It is he who has perfectly kept every commandment. It is He who lived a pure and holy life. And He did it all in your stead, in your place. Jesus is your substitute, both in life and in death. So in and through the gospel of Jesus' life and death and resurrection, and by virtue of your baptism into Christ, you are, in fact, worthy of the love and the acceptance of God. God's face, it really does shine on you because he sees you as He sees His own Son. He sees you as holy, as blameless, spotless, even pleasing to the sight when He sees you. There is a parable in Matthew 22 that illustrates our worthiness before God in a very graphic very comforting way. You remember this. There was a a wedding feast that took place, and the king, he sent out his servants to invite the guests. But the guests wouldn't come to the feast. In fact, they seized the king's servants, and they beat them, and they treated them shamefully, And the king was really angry, and he said, The wedding feast is ready, but those invited are not worthy. So others were invited to the feast, and they came. They came in to the feast. But among them was a man who wasn't wearing a wedding garment. And the king said to the man, Friend, how did you get in here without a wedding garment? And he was speechless, the man without the garment. He was speechless. He had nothing to say in his defense. And then the king said to the attendants, bind him hand and foot and cast him out into the outer darkness. The king's reaction seems a little harsh, doesn't it? The poor man seems to have simply been lacking the proper clothing. So why why is he cast out into the outer darkness? Is, Is poverty a great sin in the eyes of God? No. No, that is not the point. The garment that the man lacked was the garment that you were all given in holy baptism. The garment that he lacked... The purity and the righteousness of Christ was what he lacked. That which makes, us, which makes you worthy in the sight of God. Ooh, he snuck it in that time. Your baptism. Your baptism. Your baptism made you worthy. You are worthy. As the prophet Isaiah declared long ago, I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall exalt In my God, for he has clothed me in garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness. As a bridegroom decks himself like a priest with a beautiful headdress, and as a bride adorns herself with her jewels. And so, you... Stand before God, struggling to love Him as you should, and yet you are worthy in His sight. That's the truth. That's the gift. That's the promise given to you. In the name of Jesus, amen. Our hymn is When I Survey the Wondrous Cross. you please stand. Let us now confess our faith to the words of the Apostles Creed found on page three of your bulletin. I believe in God the Father Almighty.
3: As a family in Jesus Christ, let us pray. Dear Lord, God Almighty, Heavenly Father, Savior and Holy Spirit, we gather this morning to praise your holy name. Heavenly Father, we enjoy many blessings that you have provided us living in the United States. We are so spoiled we often forget that among the many blessings are the ones enabling us to live in relative safety, worship you and your son Jesus without fear, and choose our national, state, and local leaders freely. Please forgive our ignorance and greed for wanting more and more without realizing that we already have more than anyone else. The focus of our daily lives has turned from your eternal saving grace and love to the accumulation of temporary material wealth, power over others, and the mistreatment or even hatred of those who are different or disagree with us. Our sin is burying us in depression, anger, and despair, and rage. Unless you intervene in our lives on Earth, we will be unable to dig our way out of this hole in which we find ourselves, a hole that we dug. We are your children, Holy Father, and we know that you are our God, God Almighty, and our Creator. You have sacrificed your son to save us for an eternity with you, but we are living in hell on earth right now, and we keep digging that hole with the help of Satan's influence. Please shine your light on our foolishness for all to see, and help us turn back toward you. Lord, we pray for U.S. government leaders that are faithful to your precepts for our lives. We pray for members of our Congress that they would focus on bringing citizens together rather than tearing us apart. We pray for world leaders that desire to improve the lives of their citizens rather than sacrificing their people for political power and gain. We pray for wisdom, Solomon's wisdom, for our judges. Please protect them from pride, prejudice greed for power, and other human sins as they make decisions to maintain civility in our society. Holy Father, we pray for eyes to see and hearts to discern your creation in the other human beings we encounter in our daily lives. Holy Spirit, help us to look past outward appearances and spoken words so that we could see what you see. Please guide us to be kind to everyone we meet. And not return anger with anger even so we pray that you would protect us from our enemies who seek to destroy us when we do your will holy father we continue to struggle with the covid 19 virus and its effects on our families friends and our nation and world please open the minds of the scientists throughout the world who seek to control treat or destroy this disease of how to accomplish their work quickly so that pain, suffering and death resulting from this virus will end. Thank you for our president and vice president and the encouraging leadership they exhibit. Help us to expect and demand that all of our leaders and those who seek positions of leadership exhibit integrity, compassion, strength against adversity and servanthood. We pray for the safety of our military members, police, and firefighters. Please shield all of them from harm. We especially pray for our law enforcement officers throughout the United States, wherever they serve to protect us from the evil actions of others. We pray for their integrity and measured response in the face of constant adversity and hate. We pray for compassionate hearts in these officers and for a desire to serve and protect the less powerful among us. Thank you, Holy Father, for protecting those who travel and take vacations from the troubles of our daily lives. We thank you for refreshing their souls and providing a measure of hope for the future. As darkness often surrounds our days, it is truly good to see your light shining through it all. Holy Father, thank you for our church family and our pastor who preaches your law and saving grace in your Holy Scripture without adding to or subtracting anything that you have caused to be written. Help us to learn from the history of our faithful ancestors so we do not repeat errors of the past. Dear Lord, thank you for your gift of friends in our lives who provide encouragement, sympathy, directions when we are lost, and companionship Dear God Almighty, thank you for hearing and answering our prayers, even when those prayers are self-serving and lack eloquence. You already know what's in our hearts and thoughts, but we thank you for allowing us to speak directly to you anyway. Finally, we now share with you our personal prayers kept deep in our hearts or spoken aloud. Into your hands, Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen.
0: May the peace of the Lord be with you always. Let us share the peace from a distance. Notice that amongst many changes, uh, we don't pass the offertory plate, but we do have it in front for when you come uh, for communion, should you choose to come. And um, however, uh, we do have our operatory prayer, so if you are able, would you please stand and would you pray with me? Blessed are you. O Lord our God, maker of all things, in your goodness you have blessed us with these
1: days. With with the with them, them, we have given you our self-serve service, and dedicate our lives and the care and attention of all of which you have made. For the sake of him who gave himself
0: and for us, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. amen. The Lord be with you. Also you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord, our God. It is indeed right and salutary that we should at all times and in all places offer thanks and praise to you, Holy Father, through Christ our Lord, who on this day overcame death and the grave and by his glorious resurrection opened to us the way of everlasting life. And so, with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy. Night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus, he took the bread and he gave thanks, and then he broke it, giving it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body, given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And again, after supper, Jesus took the cup and he gave thanks. And then he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and drink. This is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. For we know that as often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup, that we proclaim out loud Christ's death, his resurrection, and his triumphant coming again. Let us all pray together the perfect prayer that Jesus gave to us, our Father, Father. who art in heaven. So this is the part where your pasture masks up, and um, I am wearing one glove, and I will handle the elements with this hand and try to handle everything else with this one, um, and it's strange that as soon as this goes on, everything itches. You ever notice that? Okay, so the body and the blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is for all who believe, all who confess Him as Lord and Savior. As Lutherans, we believe it is the true body and the true blood. He is in the elements, imparting grace, imparting salvation and forgiveness of sins through these simple means, through your faith. Those elements— and the Word of God combined with the Holy Spirit, this is miraculous, a gift given to you. If that's your confession, if that's your belief, come, the table is prepared. You may be seated, and the ushers will bring you forward. you please stand. Are we okay? You guys hear that gospel after all that law? I was pretty harsh. Actually, Jesus was, but he's right, and you are too in his sight. You are right and worthy in his sight. Amen? And now the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you, and you know it does, and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and give you his perfect peace in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And all God's children said, Amen. Our sending song is a mighty fortress. Is our God? Y'all heard that before, right? Let's sing, "Is unto the Lord."